special inside LAFC. They're always special. But this one feels very special because we're preparing for the biggest week in uh, the club's history on the field with regards to two competitions, both in their crosshairs, CONCACAF Champions League. And Major League Soccer kicks off later this week. I'm Manx. Max. You're Max. Max. What did I say? Manx? Mancunian. Max. And uh, along with Vince LaRosa. Great news, Vince. I finally got security clearance for the Performance Center. Thank you, Paul. You were, he says it did not. No, he still has to ring in. Uh, do you still have to ring in, Max? Or do you? What, what are you trying I'm to say? I'm just trying to upset him. So I, I told oh, him that. Well, you know, upsetting him is not going to get is not going to help you get hey, Paul. clearance. Paul's Paul's staring at us. The, the you can hear the sweet sounds of training. And I'm you say could, anything? I think you could feel the ice of Paul stare through a microphone. That that's telling. All right. So I didn't get cleared, but thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. The quote is, you still have access, Vince. Max does not. Yep. And that's, an, I, that's kind of that an inside, a, that's that inside the Beltway stuff, but uh, it's something that affects me every day. We will preview the Major League Soccer season in our next segment. Yeah. Not just the game against Miami, but also the, uh, the Western Conference. See who's going to maybe get all uppity with LAFC this season. Yeah, man. I mean, rightfully so. All the focus has been on Leon, but we've forgotten, or not forgotten per se, but kind of put it in the back burner that... Hey, uh, the season starts on Sunday, too. Yeah. Um, so I, it's kind of a special week when you really think about it. Thursday and Sunday, I mean, basically we're going to just be living at Bank of California Stadium for the next couple of days, which is pretty awesome yeah. when you really consider it. I know for a lot of people it's probably not going to be ideal in terms of uh, time crunch and uh, being fit, but for, for us that are not playing in the matches and for us that are just enjoying ourselves, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A reminder to please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. All your help is appreciated. And... We thank you all for the support. We know we're making some inroads, and the conversation we have on the road is a testament to that. So let's get down to brass tacks here. All right, shall we? This is uh, we're currently watching LAFC train, and we, let's go from one week to the next. And I know last our last podcast we talked about uh, the timing of the Concacaf Champions and how it's not ideal, certainly to put it nicely, for your first game of the season. But now the second leg, granted they are in a two goal deficit, but the differences are pretty significant. Many of these players just arrived from Olympic qualifying mm-hmm. uh, with their national teams uh, for whatever reason. And uh, we are fully loaded, barring the injuries. But even with some injuries, they're getting closer as well. So let's break down, uh, obviously, the situation they are in. I feel a lot more optimistic about LAFC's chances than I did after the full-time whistle mm-hmm. blew in Leon last Tuesday. And once you think about the home advantage, once you see, when you play Leon into this as well, I think it's well mentioning, worth mentioning that Leon are a great home team, have struggled on the road, certainly to score goals. And if LAFC, who have proven to score a lot of goals at home, are capable of it, if they're able to get it with a game under the belt, this would seem to be a good spot. Yeah, I mean, the fir- first kinds of things we said when we reviewed the match was it was evident, the, the fitness issue, right? And we knew that was going to be something, but one of the things to kind of put a silver lining or a nice touch on it was the fact that LFC was still able to do a lot of things that they wanted to do despite being at a steep, steep curve on that fitness. And in one match does make a difference. I, we've, I've been talking to a couple of the guys and I'll say this one thing that I've been pleasantly surprised with is that the guys are pretty loose. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're all about it and they, they understand the challenge at hand. I, I, when I say loose, I don't mean they're, they're flipping about it and they're just kind of just, you know, running and gunning. I mean like, they know what the stakes are, um, but I think they, having nine days in between um, has really given them um, a boost in the fact that 
now one competitive, full competitive match behind them, and they've had a lot of days of training together, which it, it shows. Like, these guys really are starting to look sharp, um, and I think we're going to see uh, a lot of the gap uh, made up between what we saw because Leon were simply humming um, at home, and, and I think it's not going to be quite that way. Um, and, I, you know, obviously the game's going to take on. I, I, I mean, you, you tell me, Max, you got you know to kind of check out uh, a few Liga MX games and even call one this weekend. The, just kind of like the, the game, the dynamic's going to change, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and I actually watched a lot of Liga MX games uh, since this most recent Clausura tournament started, and it's impressed. It's easy to be impressed with the, uh, the the quality of the league and the quality of Leon specifically, which is at the top of the league again. I think we saw Jean Meneses who scored the goal, uh, the first goal against LFC. He scored a couple more goals. Uh, they have talent. Uh, Mesa is still the top goal scorer. Mena is still the top goal scorer in Liga MX. Uh, they're good pieces, but by by watching it a lot, you're not overwhelmed by the dis- disparity. It's it seems attainable with the connections. You look at some of the players. I see a lot of MLS players. Fabio Alvarez, uh, who struggled really in Major League Soccer, uh, Bofa Salcedo, other guys around the league. They're playing good roles. Um, Gonzalez Perez at Tijuana looking to break in. There's these guys, and they don't look out of place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a testament to the improvement of Major League Soccer, and there's also maybe a little dip in League MX, which was rated, quite frankly, by the league. And we'll talk about that in our preview here coming up this season. So I, I, there's so many... When you look at the matchups of players, there's situations where the LAFC squad and the depth, I think, could certainly shine through here. They did have that high press. They did what they want to do. They had a big stake of possession. They had almost as many shots. I think when you looked at the game, Leon looked obviously much more clinical and at home. It, it may have created a bigger disparity, but I think when you look closer, you'll see that there's not a lot separating this team. And Leon now, the ball's in their court, how they play in this second leg. Do they play the way they play it? We shall see. I, all reports are in the way we've seen in the past, they probably will, but you're protecting a two-goal edge, which they say is very dangerous yeah. in the world of soccer. Uh Leon, if they score a goal, changes things dramatically because LAFC will score four. So there's a lot of fascinating things in play here. I think LAFC is capable for a quick start. And I'll pass it back on to you, but here are some of the things that I am optimistic about. Mark Anthony Kay came out of the wilderness injury-wise and actually played. Uh, he will probably be the first. Not the best game he did. It was a game getting back for the first time. He has had another week. And remember, we have nine days. Between, yeah, between it's games. a long time. Not not just for fitness, but like it we said. Like, it felt an sharpens. eternity ago yeah. for that first leg. Yeah. So you have the nine days. You have Mark Anthony K. Pancho Ginella basically got off an airplane, went to Leon on another airplane ride, <laughs> and he actually Straight played. Straight into the starting 11. Played a pretty good game in the first good. half. It was, it was had a good game. One and had this very solid, you know, had probably the best chance of the game, at least the best movement. I mean, Brian had, a, had also a great chance, but that was him, you know, basically – Using his speed to to force Leon into an air, but the the movement to 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 set Poncho through um, was probably the best the best movement of the match for LAFC. Kenneth Vermeer, nine more days of training, getting familiar with this team. Yep, that can only help. So you start losing digits on your hand when you start adding it. Eduardo Atuesta, Jordan Harvey didn't make the trip. They'll both be here. Atuesta playing uh, obviously a bigger role. We would imagine he'll be in that eleven again, which makes Ginella an incredible luxury player. So the depth shines through. There's Jordan Harvey back is no minor detail. Uh, will he play or start? Probably won't start. But 
to have that guy as a cover and as a, as a guy on the bench, leadership, yeah. he keeps people in check. There's, it's very hard to put a, a value on that. So I think there's six things more, and I think there's even more when you look at it. Everyone should improve. To me, I thought Eddie Segura and was the best player for us that day. Absolutely. He's going to improve because he just got back. Mm-hmm. So across the board, playing at home is obviously the big kick. Things really will depend on how it goes. If Leon scores an, an early goal, then obviously the body language goes down and it's a big task. But it all really depends on that tempo. But I think LAFC will be able to set it. Yeah, I think more more times than not, we say you know the first goal is important. But this is one of those times where legitimately the first goal of this match is going to dictate the way the rest of it goes. If it's LFC's first goal, the pressure really mounts on Leon, and they have to start to think: Is the way we're setting up working? Can we continue to hold out if we're gonna if they're gonna play a game where they're gonna sit deeper, um, or they're gonna have to you know make themselves uh, you know vulnerable a little bit to chase uh, a goal that you know basically if you if LFC concede at this point. It's, it's almost a killer because it's just really going to set up just a, a race to the finish. And I don't think um, these guys have necessarily that in their legs yet. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened, though. I mean, we've seen it on the World's Game. And that was one of my questions to Bob last week was, you've seen it in the World's Game where Barcelona, especially with Roma and Liverpool, there's been bigger leads with, you know, considerably higher profile players that have been lost and in, in big instances in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, semifinals of the Champions League. So it's not like it's something that, can't be done and two nil, especially coming home, man. When you when you're able to come home and have that that energy from your fans, especially a team like our team that the LFC really likes to score in bunches. That's where I feel optimistic. When they seem to get one goal, it's like another one is always going to be coming within the next couple of minutes. So I think it boils down to in that first leg, Leon were simply ruthless. Um, to me, they're a very good team. They're not necessarily the most dominant in every facet of the game, but they do. What they want to do very well, and they did it to a high level against LFC, whereas LFC tried to do a couple of things that they wanted to do well and just did not have either the legs or the required execution to really to really pull it off. So if you say that we've you know basically jumped that gap and may- maybe made it a little bit closer at least for this next match, then it's going to shape up to be a really special, special night. Yeah, I think LFC realistically probably want are going to need to score four goals in this game. That's just my prediction. I could be wrong. It could be two zip. We go to extra time and penalties potentially in a different route as the tournament goes as as the goes as the game goes on. There's uh, I also mentioned Chiqui Palacios and Brian Rodriguez who are going to play a bigger role, and they're still new players to this team. And playing on the road is always going to be difficult. The results showed us that the big Mexican teams even struggled on the road. But LAFC, and I know some people go here with the excuses. I'm just. I'm just saying, be optimistic for Thursday's game. Be optimistic because there's a real chance LAFC are booking their tickets to the quarterfinals. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But traveling the day before, getting there, adjusting. I mean, I can compare this. I didn't play a game, but going down there in a similar setup, I went down the the Mm -hmm. day before, got there. And when I came back, I was... A little gassed? Yeah, I just didn't know which way it was up. My body was out of whack and... um, Maybe I had a little bit too more rich. I had probably much more rich foods and probably. overserved carbs than the players did. But uh, <laughs> a few you different feel it. beverages than the players probably did. Perhaps, Maybe. perhaps a couple. Nothing out of the realm of uh, no, nothing excessive. You you weren't one of the ones that drained one of those uh, bars with with no. the supporters. Can I say something? The day of the game, I was like, all right, I'm here. It's Tuesday. I go. I had like I didn't have anything. I was like, all right, this is a day to get after it. The game ended at eleven thirty. By the time we left the stadium, it's midnight. We try to go eat. I go. I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't drink anything. 
was straight to bed. That was uh, the day before we went out and had, had a nice dinner. But the, the day of the game, it was like, all right, let's get back. Let's get out of here. Obviously, the, the team did that as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think guys like uh, Chiqui Palacios, Brian Rodriguez are going to be pivotal in this match. Uh, I think the, the area I'm looking towards is midfield. Um, it's the one spot where really I felt like there wasn't as many positives as we would have liked in that game, despite the the 2-0 scoreline. I mean, I could have looked at a lot of things. I mean, we probably didn't – we had one shot on goal. That's never good enough. Obviously, two major chances. Both those go slightly wide, um, so they're not considered shots on goal. Uh, but for me, the, the reason why the attack was a little bit blunted was the fact that the midfield wasn't able to provide the, the usual thrust that they can. Um, and then a lot of that was fitness. So uh, with the possible insertion of Edward Atuesta back into the starting lineup, uh, like we said, nine more days of fitness, a full match of fitness, um, I think if we see a midfield that resembles much more of the midfield that we're used to where um, they're providing that, that, that line of support right behind the, the front three that – that not just going forward, but I mean being able to be that line of support and keeping the team compact because there was moments where I, f- I felt like the, just the, the chasm between a, a front three and your three midfielders was just too much and it was allowing uh, moments for Leon to, to basically get one, two passes and then be uh, on transition and be dangerous. So we see a team that can provide that pressure um, and, and use the ball in ways that they can basically get their front three moving. Whereas, whereas you know, I, I felt like the guys had a lot of time on the ball, but a lot of time where it was them against the world, literally them against the world. It seemed like three guys against a set defense of Leon who, who kept a really rigid back four. Um, now, if you can get into moments where it's a midfielder pulling the ball up and you got guys running in behind, that's, that's a different story. Running through mostly because there's not much space behind. You really got to go through them. Um, that's going to, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Leon. Right. That- very capable. Let's we'll, we'll see about that game. There's some things we want to update everyone about the game. Just a reminder, probably won't affect the fans too much, but this is a CONCACAF game. They kind of have the keys to the stadium this day. We heard there were some reports where maybe the, the regular routine of LAFC will be at risk, but I can tell you it looks like everything's going to go off as expected, that, like a regular LAFC game. But yes. just keep that in mind, including a TIFO. Yeah. The, the, I, I didn't know there was going to be a TIFO, but there's going to be TIFOs Thursday. There's going to be a TIFO Sunday. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, look, the the match on the pitch is one thing, and the result will definitely dictate the way we all feel after this game. But let's let's go into this, and I, I put this in the preview. Embrace it, man. Embrace the embrace the conflict. Embrace the two nil deficit. Embrace the fact that if things go the right way, it's going to be a truly special night. And in order to have that, you need traditions. You need right. your tifos. You need your you need your fans. So I think um, the give and take with Concacaf has been one of the the cooler things because this is like the first said, time we've kind of gotten the rhythm with them. Well, hopefully, you, this is a, a, a regular relationship. Yeah, hopefully, we'll be seeing them every every so often, a couple of times a year, so that they'll know that this is what we do. These are things we do, and this can heighten your game in the in the world landscape. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool because, like you said, they normally do take the keys and say, "Hey, uh, we've got we've got control." Sorry, anything you guys do. Uh, you guys will have to say. Uh, yeah, there's some good signs uh, about that that things were were able to run their their course. The relationship with Leon is no minor detail either. I would expect something in the next year or two where there is whether it's a game, whether there's an exchange between these two clubs, because what has happened? The city of Leon loves us because. LAFC supporters went down there and dropped a lot of coin and mm-hmm. it, for that economy. There is no doubt about it. You felt it there. And treated There's, with respect. Treated with respect. Had fun, but treated it with respect, yes. I believe. That's what I'm saying. This is this is it's, it's a rivalry because they're playing, but there is a friendship now between that. There's LAFC hats and shirts. 
that are now all over the state of Guanajuato, which is which is great news. And people may pick up LAFC as their favorite team. We are expecting a a bigger contingent than I thought. I, I don't want to get into the numbers, but I thought there'd be a certain number of Leon supporters that are from the United States coming to the game. Mm-hmm. Some from Mexico. The number exceeded what I was expecting. So there's going yeah. to be a lot of green in the stadium, which will make it feel like obviously a big Champions League night. Well, we've seen we've had derbies, we've had playoff matches, we've had playoff derbies. I think this is going to exceed that. I mean, the the matchup against the Galaxy is one thing, and that's obviously that's it's just natural. I mean, it fell into place uh, from day one. The the kind of rivalry and, and hatred. This is a this has that different feel though, where there's a mutual respect um, and there's that want to. I don't know if one up is, but there's a want to bring an atmosphere for both teams on the pitch um, and to show off to the other supporters group. And I think that's something truly special. And that's, again, where I say it's going to be a special night. The noise is going to be a little bit different. Um, the stakes are a little bit higher. So I feel like if we can treat it the way that we did when we were in Lyon, except for, you know, kind of the reverse where we're now the hosts, uh, it's going to be something pretty beautiful and something that I think, again, the the Liga MX people were were – singing our praises because they were saying, man, we miss this. We don't have this in our own backyard. We don't have this between Leon and, and Chivas or Leon and, and Tigres. We, they, it's just it's kind of died down in the past couple of years. Um, so maybe we've, we've woken them up, um, and hopefully we can wake it up as a, as a thing between Mexico and MLS as we're starting to get better teams, we're starting to get better games. So why wouldn't we get better atmospheres? Right. I would say in closing, this is my final thought, and then we'll move on to the next thing. Again, we are at the Performance Center, so if you hear the noises, it's, it's just part of practice, but we want to bring that to you because we love it, and I could not ask to be in a better place seated here in shade yeah. watching this it's very warm. hot area it's here gonna be in warm Alhambra. On Thursday. Beautiful Alhambra, California. If LAFC, and I, I'm, I've always been a bit of a league homer because I know good business for Major League Soccer as a whole is good business for LAFC. It's good business for everyone who's under that umbrella. It's good for me. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a situation that if LAFC can turn it based on what happened in other results, it, it, it would appear that the other four MLS teams in the competition have at least half a foot into the quarterfinal door. I think the ones we were worried about, New York City FC. That was my through. biggest worry, and they got five away goals. <laughs> well, my biggest worry was the impact, and they got it to a two-zip oh, lead. Yeah. And at Saprisa, Saprisa mm-hmm. tied it, and people were, oh, well, they let that go. I go, 2-2 is still fantastic business because yep. two away goals get you out of a lot of situations. If you give away a goal mm-hmm. to Saprisa at home, which is possible, you still have some some room. So I, I think Montreal proved uh, – I was more impressed with their players there I, yeah. than I thought I would be. So New York City, Montreal, Sounders did what they were supposed to do, and who am I forgetting? Atlanta. Atlanta, who uh, – Got off to a slow start, but I think you would expect them to to run through Motagua yep. in leg number two. So you could get five while eliminating a Mexican team. You look at the quarterfinals, you have a situation where this could be the year. Yeah. You still have some good Mexican teams, none of them which look that explosive, all which have their concerns. Certainly Tigres, the bottom has fallen out on them, mm-hmm. and they don't know what's going on. They played a full 11 and still lost their game in El Salvador. And America labored a bit. This could be it. But you almost, getting Leon out of the tournament and getting LAFC maybe your best MLS team through would be the recipe to do that. Well, and always when we talk about this could be it, we're referring to an MLS team finally lifting the trophy. 
But in terms of this could be it, this could be a pivotal turning moment in the fact that Mexican teams routinely go down in a little bit of a hole and then just blow out an MLS team or yeah. blow out the opponent. They don't seem phased by the fact that they might lose a game. Like you said, Tigres didn't look good, but I have a feeling they're not going to feel phased at all of coming home down yes. a goal. Um, so they'll, this, I, I don't, and by the way, I don't think they're going to – I think they'll advance and probably comfortably – And they probably will, but that's what I'm saying. They, they, they know that they have a history of being able to overturn results, and as much as I do agree that this could be the year that someone lifts a trophy – it's, it's got to be the year also where somebody maybe turns over a result and, and basically takes the bad and flips it on its head because yeah. that, that literally hasn't happened either. Based on what I saw, if it's Club America and Atlanta in the quarterfinals, I think Atlanta has a real shot now. I think New York City... They know City, they can beat Club America too. Uh, the Sounders have that favorable draw, which yep. could put them through. And then New York City, after we the LFC play them, they look a lot better. Um, I think they're going to be a really good team in the big picture as well. So there we have it. Got everything? Yeah. We are not overlooking the MLS opener. This is going to be Titanic Sunday against a team that was in LAFC's position two years ago. Inter Miami CF, David Beckham, Rodolfo Pissarro coming to LA to open the season. We're going to preview that and we'll take a look at which teams in the West. Do a little Western Conference Western preview. Conference preview. That's next on Inside LAFC. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. It's time to look towards our MLS opener. The season begins Sunday, March the 1st. If you can't make it out, the Bank of California Stadium game is on ESPN. It's going to be a big hullabaloo. Obviously, the national broadcasters are feeling as big as ever about the future of this league. And this is a a very interesting opening matchup. It'll be our only look at Miami until next year as they're the Eastern Conference. Nashville has been moved to the West. That's a team we'll face on two occasions. I wonder if they move to the East down the road so they can engage their Southern rivals, but that's a story for another day. But look, we've been pretty critical of Miami. So all offseason, we talked about a team with these breaking news reports that they're going to sign Edison Cavani, that they're going to sign Lionel Messi, that he's interested in coming. And then after a while, Luis Suarez. Suarez, you're rolling your eyes and going, oh, okay, yeah, what's next? We're going to have a stadium in downtown Los Angeles. We're going to have a stadium in Brickell. Well, they're starting their campaign in Fort Lauderdale on the site of Lockhart Stadium. I'll, I will say, based on what I've seen, they've done a great job to make that ready mm-hmm. without any, you're sort of waiting anticipating someone go, hey, we're not quite ready. We might have to move this game here. That never happened. So hats off to them. But with all the player um, reports and rumors, I was, we were both, we, we talked about it all the time ago. We don't want another one. But I got to say, I got to take my hat off to Inter-Miami for what they've been able to put together to start the season. I think they were pretty crafty in the expansion draft. They got Lee Wynn, who will be seen. They'll get some other guys that will cover them for a bit. Uh, will Trap is... A guy as a defensive midfielder may not have been a good fit, but MLS campaigners that know this league, I think, are extremely valuable to success. And then they finally got their big DP in Rodolfo Pizarro. They got the the young South American guys. Uh, Matias Pellegrini is the other, I think it's Matias Pellegrini, the other DP they have. Carranza is just a, a tamp player, but so, also a young, talented player. But he's going to be out for a little bit, by the they way. They got Rodolfo Pizarro, who I, I love. I think he's a great talent. I don't think he's going to be great at the beginning, but I think as the season wears on, he'll do enough for Miami to make them an interesting team in the playoff positions, perhaps. Well, I, keep, like, I like teams goes also 
uh, going to South America. I know mm-hmm. it's worked for Atlanta, it's worked for LAFC, so Inter-Miami is looking at that, and yep. they've got scouting there, and I think you look at all those things, I'm optimistic if I was a Miami fan. It is my hometown, but I'm LFC black and gold, but I'm happy that they were able to put a good product by the end, and we, or we will see if they did on Sunday. Yeah. They at least seem to be putting together a team of a lot of skillful players, which even if you're, look, expansion years are not easy as as easy as it came for LAFC, which it wasn't. That was definitely a, a, a give and take. Uh, but if you're a team like FC Cincinnati and you're not good, and on top of it you're not exciting, that that knocks you down a peg, right? I mean, the biggest disservice that Miami did to itself is the point you've already mentioned. Man, stop bringing up your own stop, rumors. Stop. Because now you got a guy like Pissarro, who's who's a huge signing, but pales in comparison to who it could have been or who you put out there it could have been. I mean, look, Luis Suarez blows Pissarro out of the water. However, when you pry one of the best players from Monterey, and basically, it wasn't like he was looking to leave. He, they just, they paid the mo- the requisite money, and they got one of their best players. That's a big deal. But it's just in comparison to some of the other things that we heard that makes it look bad. But I'll say this: uh, Pizarro's got games already under his belt. Yep. So he's going to hit the ground running. I, I, I agree with you. And he's, important games, he's big gonna, games. He's going to find some things difficult because he's with new teammates who are playing in a new system and who are not familiar with each other. And he's a guy that really likes to link play, really likes to connect with teammates. He's not just going to go out there and poach a goal or, or be the final pass every time. So in that regard, yes, I believe that he will suffer a little bit. But in terms of his fitness and his sharpness, he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be flying out the gate. So that's going to be something exciting to see. And, man, it's going to be pretty cool to have Carlos Vela and Pissarro in the same stadium to open a season. Yeah. I mean, that that's... We're, we're not that's going to engage about, the local press, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we're not talking about... And the international press. Two, that's a big story in Mexico. Yeah, we're not talking about two Mexican internationals past their prime, you know, kicking yeah. off the season. We're talking about the guy, the guy that is legitimately and unspeakably... Sorry, there was just a great goal in training. <laughs> but is basically the... Bob loved it too. <laughs> yeah, Bob loved it. I mean, Carlos Vela is the best Mexican player right now, and Pissarro might be... Close behind. Yeah. Very close behind. This is a game Tata Martino. I wonder if he'll be here. This I is an important surprise. He probably will be here. So this is a game he's going to see because this is two players that I think most Mexican fans would like to see. By the way, 2022 World Cup, 1,000 days away. Oh, start your countdown. Start your countdown. All right. Start your countdown. So I think these are two players that most Mexican supporters would like to see on that team come 2022. So that makes it very compelling. Something they've brought up about Miami is that this this hell-bent belief that they have to get a guy that's going to put seats in the stadium. And there's so few guys that fill that uh, description. We saw it with Zlatan. Right. There's five guys in the world well, that are it, like that. Is that a disservice to the IQ of your fan base? Too? Well, it is. Right? It kind of is, but people are going, Max, hey, you're do from you, Miami? Is people in Miami know football. No, what they want is a winner. Yeah. Like everybody else, if you put a, a winning team, Edison Cavani, is not going to bring maybe a few. <laughs> it's not going to bring the masses out there. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not even Luis Suarez, who's a bigger star than Cavani, will not bring those. Lionel Messi, yes. Lionel Messi, yes. Well, that's not Lionel happening Messi right goes. now. Right. But realistically, you've got to look at it and say, what could we do? Uh, maybe he won't sell as many shirts. I don't think you're going to sell that much many shirts of that. If Pizarro comes in and gets results, or if Pellegrini does, and they start winning, Miami will pay attention. Yeah, I still have my doubts that Miami will pay attention, actually, but I still have my guard up with that. But I hope they do well, and I think they have the potential to do it. But man, we've seen it here. There's something special. Look, we did bring in Carlos Fellow, which definitely week in and week out puts people in the seats, and they come here to see Carlos. But 
there's a special connection between some of these younger guys and our, our supporters and even some of the casual fans. They like to see guys get better. Um, and if Miami can bring in some young guys and make them better and just sprinkle in a, a Pissarro and hopefully win some games, I think that's the best thing you can do for your for your fan base, and that's how you treat a soccer fan base. Look, soccer fan bases are intelligent. It's the world's game. You can't just think of it from a, a small corner of where you are. So to treat your fans and say, oh, well, we just got to bring in a big name because this is all you know, eh, I don't think that's fair to them. But I am excited. I'm excited that they're going to be the first ones back here. And, and we'll say it again. You have Leon, a possible very special night passage to the quarterfinals on the line on Thursday. Sunday, you turn right back around. David Beckham, Pissarro, Miami, start the season. I mean, that's a blockbuster. I don't think I, – I can't think of an MLS season that starts that way for many teams. No. That's why I say this is a huge week, and I think we've been thinking about it so much since December that now that it's here, we're like, wow, what are we going to do? You've, we all have a Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday games, massive that you want to set the tone in MLS. Look. We all remember two years ago when Diego Rossi scored and we beat Seattle. That victory on the road has legs today. Mm-hmm. It will have legs in five years. It's a famous moment in this league, this team's history, and it always will be. Inter Miami want the same thing. And now we can kind of prevent that. That's a good feeling. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Yeah, when you can start to establish some of the, the foundations of your culture in match one, it's a big, big, big LAFC deal. did that. Yeah. Winning in Seattle, the team currently MLS Cup champions. So I think there's a lot there and it's intensified. It's just one game of 34, but it's a little bigger than most because, you know, Miami can, I can't even imagine the goodwill that Miami could have. And I don't think it's even come close to happening. Maybe they, they get an early goal and make it interesting. What happens if they beat LAFC and all this talk and say, we just beat the gold standard. Yeah, you beat the front runner. I mean, we're the hair this year, right? Yeah. Everyone's chasing us. And they get that. Their seasons, at least for the first month or two, is pretty well set. That's going to get tickets sold. That's going to get people engaged. And that is as the biggest 90 minutes Miami could provide. Of all the work they put in, then in 90 minutes they could achieve that. That would be monumental, I believe. Yeah, the one the, that has to be the one advantage, right? Whereas LAFC has... Something before something. We're all, all focus is only on, and they'll they'll the minute that whistle blows, be able to kind of turn it around. Some guys will know. Hey, now it's my chance to get in because I didn't get as many minutes. There's going to be definitely some rotation, uh, but for Miami, they're the only thing they're looking at is, man, wouldn't it be nice to knock off the supporter shield winners, the MLS record setters from last year? Their sole focus, laser focus on that. So, in their back pocket, that's something. That's a bit of motivation. Something nice to have. It's their biggest game in their history. Exactly. It's their only game, right. but it's the biggest. <laughs> it's not It's not factually incorrect. Facts. But the, it's going to drop. After this, it's going to drop off uh, at least the national yep. attention. A little bit, they'll get yep. into the grind of the season. But mm-hmm. this is going to resonate for a long time, and you you want to get off to a good start. Certainly leave that. What, do you want to talk a little bit about the West? We're going to talk about the Western Conference. Because you and I are both excited about the Western Conference. Yeah. I think more so, look, the East has done some nice things, but... It seems like every single team in the West brought in some kind of marquee guy that's really going to make that team better. Um, so for us, and obviously the fact that we're in the Western Conference, um, I think it's the best thing to, to preview because you talk about guys like Alan Polito. Uh, you talk about Ricardo Haro, who's going to come in uh, at a later date for Dallas, but I'm, I'm big on Dallas this year. Well, I, the I summer market's going to blow up market, at some point here. Well, man. Because everyone's looking for players and they the can get them. Remember when the winter market was boring and we kind of brought in just, eh, okay, yeah, this guy, we'll wait for summer. 
the winter market was on fire. So you can biggest off season in MLS history in my estimation, just because of the volume of moves. Easily, big time moves. Easily, and money if, was spent. And if summer continues to be just as hot, man, the talent that's so, going to be in here. To your point, everyone in the West and everyone in MLS had to make a move. There were years past where teams would go, "We're kind of good. We'll go with what we got." You can't do that anymore, nope. or you'll lose track. I would like to bring up Vancouver, who I think a lot of we're at the bottom. Okay. And Mark Dos Santos. Mark Dos Santos. Friend. What did they do? They broke the bank for their biggest transfer, mm-hmm. bringing Lucas Cavallini. A guy they needed. They badly. needed. They had nothing, nothing in offense. They had. They had. Uh, but does they, they make a move like that in the past? Yeah, and they, they, you know, they got all that money for Alfonso Davies, and then that, remember the first thing people said, they're like, "Oh man, just wait, Vancouver's lurking. They yeah. got money. Nothing happened." And then this has been the first, at least, shot fired uh, from from that kind of war chest that they were able to get for Alfonso Davies and Lucas Cavallini is the type of guy that you need in a team that that needs to kind of scrape and scrap for every little bit because man he's a fighter I mean he's a he's a number nine that uh you know I I can't remember who who it was that said it over the weekend we need we need a oh you know who it was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says we need a, a a forward that was willing to break his nose to score goals and somebody laughed and said Marcus Rashford literally broke his back because <laughs> <laughs> you played him too much but Lucas Cavallini is in that mold I mean, he is willing to to score goals to to make things happen. I don't want to get too far into Vancouver. I just make it that as a point to say that everybody had to be active, and everyone was. Uh, Sporting Kansas City had an awful season. They brought Alan Polito. I think they're going to make a move in the summer to uh, get a, a running mate for him, which should make that team interesting. So when I look at the West, I think LFC is going to finish first. I think it won't be as it will run away as much. I think there's good enough teams in the middle where it's going to be tougher to get points on the road, and that could bring them closer to the pack. With regards to the pack, mm-hmm. I don't know. Second place is hard to predict. I would imagine it's the Sounders. They were active somewhat to prepare for the Champions League, and I think they know how to get a team ready for MLS Cup, as we saw last year. I would think they would finish second with a big move, although their core is really good. Yep. The other teams I think could make a move up, and I think they're all planning on it, is FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. They have a core of young players, Jesus Ferreira, Paxson Pomical, Reggie Cannon, that will probably all be in Europe uh, by next season. Yep. This is a good time for them to run if they can get the good players around them. Maybe Ferreira stays a little bit longer, but I think that's an, a compelling team. We saw them in the preseason. They give no quarter to teams. I will also mention Minnesota. Uh, Coaching-wise, they, they don't have the positive look like an LAFC does it, which is fine. But Adrian Healy, let's give credit. They have opened things up. They fixed their defense Wait, last year. Wait, is Adrian Healy another coach? Did I say Adrian Healy? Adrian Healy. Adrian <laughs> Healy. I knew I was going to do that at some Because, man, that would be interesting. Yes. No, Adrian Healy. My apologize to both. Uh, but we, um, you look at, they brought Thomas Chacon, young Uruguayan player that was pretty well regarded. They mm-hmm. expect him to, to make that And now he's going to have a full preseason. Yes. Luis Amarilla, striker. and Says he's going to score 25 goals. Says he's going to score 25 goals. Whether he does or not, you have Mason Toy that you still want to develop. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot to be excited around there. So I think I think the Galaxy, we talk about Chicharito, but I think Pavon, Christian Pavon, has a chance to really take the leadership of that team, which he wasn't under the shadow of Zlatan. Chicharito opens up space for others. That's what he's famous for. Mm-hmm. So I think Christian Pavon and that will have a good one too. I expect them to be in the mix for third, fourth, fifth place. What do you think? We got we got guys coming off players the are, ready to watch some Champions League. Did you hear that? They're all excited to watch the second half of uh, Chelsea Bayern Munich. So I, I'm big on Dallas. 
uh, I think with with their coach and with the styles kind of now firmly entrenched and in place, uh, it's a dynamic style. They're really like you said, they're going to get after teams. Uh, they have like, a lot of young players that can do that and can play that style of play for a, a long season. They've uh, and they have the benefit of guys that want to make the next step. And in order to make this next step, you have to play well. You can't just sit there and say, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Europe. You have to prove it. Um, and I think that's a valuable uh, commodity for, for them. Um, and they, they brought in some nice pieces to kind of, you know, they really needed a number nine. I think, you know, they got they got a very young player in Ricardo Pepe who's gotten some minutes. And, and if he doesn't show well, then you got Ricardo Jaros showing up in the summertime. So I really like what Dallas does. They could be my number two. Uh, That's not a bad shout. Seattle, the only worry with, with them is I think they, they strengthen in one area, which is in their kind of midfield engine room. Um, but their center backs, I don't know who they have beyond their two starting center backs now. Um, so that that's a gamble, a big-time gamble. Um, you know, the one team that I, I, I wonder about is Portland. And I know we don't like Portland very much. And let's, Supporters let's wait don't it, like Portland and very let's, much. Let's just start it by saying they were dealt a terrible card with what happened to Brian Fernandez, uh, a guy that was supposed to be there five years, and yep. his life has taken a turn. We wish him the very best, and I hope he can get back on track. But mm-hmm. once that didn't go well, and it, had, it, it indicated it was going to be the best transfer ever, mm-hmm. that you got to pick up the pieces. Yeah, and I just I thought that they maybe needed to make some more inroads in their in the defense. I'm not huge on their center backs. You bring in Yimi Chara, who's uh, paid a hefty price for you. Paid a lot of money for him, who is not a proven goal scorer. Um, and they've got wingers. Sebastian Blanco is is one of probably top five winger in the league already. I just didn't think it was the, a place. I'll say the one bit of business they did very nicely was keeping Diego Valeri and keeping him under a DP salary. That's going to look nice. And um, I'm kind of happy that they made nice because Diego Valeri is a good guy. He's great. Um, and it was a weird thing to kind of see him have to take the bad guy stance and say, hey, no, I deserve to be paid. Um, so you're happy to keep a guy like that in the league, especially when you think, uh, you know, on the East – Ignacio Piotti's gone, and that's 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 a bummer, right? So if we would have lost Valeri and Piotti in the same window, would have been kind of a bummer. But I just I'm not sure what the long term game plan is for them. Um, Minnesota is going to be much better. They kept that defensive core in place, and that's an area they definitely didn't need to upgrade at. But they got a better striker. They got a guy that that says he's going to score goals, and if he does, and if he pushes somebody like Mason Toy to continue his trajectory, man, they're going to be difficult. They're difficult to play against. Uh, they have a, a set style where they they don't want to give up much, um, and they want to nip in goals, and they want to they want to make you pay for mistakes. So, that's something that that's very valuable in a in a long season and a season that's drawn out. Where, like you said, uh, I don't think the road points for teams are going to be necessarily what they used to be. What what it was like, and and on the flip side, there's going to be some teams that are going to come into home buildings and say, hey man, we're here for three points. We're not here to just close close up and see what we can get out of it. So that's going to change some things. I, I do still like LFC because of the way we strengthen. Um, but the West is, again, I think the West is again a beast just like it was last season. Whereas in the East, I like Atlanta. Uh, I like I like what Toronto's done. But there, it, from there, it just kind of starts to slip down. Um, so get your points against the East. Yeah. And the second game of the season, people forget because we get locked in. We had Eastern Conference first game against Miami, against Philadelphia. To start at March 22nd at Bank of California, you have the Timbers. So that'll be a, an exciting way to end up uh, the month of March as we head into spring, spring forward. I think solid points on all. It's going to be hard to see these teams emerge. And when you say FC Dallas is a second-place team, that's going to be a tall order for them to do. But if 
it's paper thin. Their depth they have to keep intact as well. Uh, the Colorado Rapids, I, I didn't mention them for good reason, but they were very active as well. They so did a lot of strengthening, strengthening from within. Built MLS, their back line. Built their back line. Built their back line with young players and, and Mark McKenzie and Lawless Abubakar. Uh, yeah, I mean it's tough. Look, when you're you're as bad as they are for for a while, it's tough to get bring in you know like a sexy signing there out there to Colorado. But I think in terms of uh, very good MLS players and very young MLS players with potential, there's there's definitely a, a squad base that could that could make some noise. There, they are exponentially better than they were um, and they proved it at the end of last season and they just got a, just a little bit better by tweaking around the edges and making some moves I'm going to do a quick projected top 7 in the West don't Ooh, hold me to do it. it I'm just All doing right. this looking at my phone do it alright LAFC 1 okay I'm going to go Seattle 2 okay mainly because they are the Sounders right. Sporting Kansas City 3 okay yeah we didn't even talk about it. Alan Polito Alan Polito I swear there's going to be another move coming in there but this is a team that's just looking to bounce back they still have good players mm-hmm. there that'll be have Johnny Russell these like they're going to do I'm just wondering it. how they evolve that midfield They've got yes. a, kind of getting an old midfield. You've got to clean it up. And, and you've got a coach that wants to play a style and wants to get at people and get tight to people and really move, and I'm not sure that those guys can. So I agree with you. If there's another move coming, and if it's in midfield, look out. Yeah, these are things we don't know. I'm just going to. So I'll go Dallas 4. Okay. Galaxy 5. Okay. We didn't talk about Galaxy much, but they've been talking about. What do you talk? What do you think? <laughs> I think Alexander. Is 5 a good spot for them? I think you. I think by pointing out that Christian Pavon could be uh, a top – Two player in the league, he literally could be the best player in the league if, yeah. he, if he really puts his mind to it. That's what they should really bank on, and let Chicharito just just bang in tap ins because that's what he's good at. Let me fix that. Minnesota five, Galaxy six. Okay, and so seven. not much improvement from them then. No, I just think that's okay. it's. I don't think there's gonna be a much big gap seven, between are you two going, and six. Uh, San Jose is you going with our friend Matias Almeida, or where are we putting them? Seven, I'm going with San Jose. Okay, and it's the Almeida effect. Yep. Uh, but in uh, Alanis, Alanis and. I think, we'll see what he has I think that connection to Mexico, if you have those connections, and he has a connection to Argentina, this league, basically you have those things, it works. Yeah. I think for him, we're still waiting for their big move. Because right. let's say, if, if Pizarro's going to a place like San Jose, then we're talking some something big brewing there, right. right? But they haven't, look, Alanis, a great player that you would have liked to have five years ago. Yeah. But where, if they make a big move out of Mexico, or Argentina, like you said, they could be really something. I'm happy with my seven. Okay. I think that's... I'm stamping. I'm pretty happy with your seven, too. Do you so want to try one? You're going to stick with it. Do you want to try one? No. <laughs> I'm going to stick I, with I prefer, it. I'm going to print this prefer, on Twitter and I it's official. I ridic- ridicule you. It's more fun. Again, I think the difference Actually, between... I like, I like your seven. I think between two and seven and even two and ten and eleven is going to be very tight. Yeah. There's not going to be really bad teams. See, I, I, I've said it on the podcast. We, we do every year. We sit down and we predict every single LFC game. We predict the scoreline between us and the digital room. And every year, I come in last. And they really enjoy holding that over my head because I'm a supposed expert, which I've never claimed to be. But they really enjoy holding that over my head. So I feel like I should stop predicting things. No, you got to predict. People want to hear it. I think the East will be better than the West overall. I think it'll be more top-heavy. You think heavy. the East will be better than Just the West Just because I think the top-heavy, I think with Atlanta, I think New York City oh, FC so, is going to have so a good points, team. Yeah. Well, I think look, you can beat up on the bottom guys in the East and really Toronto score might a lot take of a hit, obviously. I think D.C. United is a team. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. So we, we shall see. All right. Is that it? I think that's that it. Was, we covered a lot of bases again. Every time we think it was going to be a When short you run one. out of steam a little bit, I know that's it. Right. You, you're the driving engine of this thing. Thursday, Sunday, we will see you out there. What a huge week. Enjoy every moment of it. Hopefully it ends in a wonderful fashion and we're preparing to go to Mexico City or Jamaica for the quarterfinals and we are off and running in Major League Soccer. And if you're not already, follow us on Twitter at Max Sports. 
and at LAFC Vince because uh, we're going to be doing a few more of our oh, yeah, yeah. our live. Uh, How can I forget? Our live hits. Wednesday, there's a press conference for the Champions League at Bank at California Stadium. Once it concludes, we will be on the Twitter handle for LAFC mm-hmm. and our Twitter. We'll be on and we will Twitter talk and LAFC will share it. Okay. Maybe we'll maybe we'll move it over to Instagram at some point too. But we're going to be doing more live things, so make sure you're following us. And yes. as always, subscribe. After I invested in some Sus- electronics. Subscribe, rate. And review. The, uh, rate and review all the other good stuff. Okay, we need it. Bring it. Thank you. All right, bye.